another episode of the greatest combat sports and culture show in the entire universe. I am your host, the underground king, Serge Vicente, and this is episode 185, yo. Man, we have a great show lined up for you today, but before we get to that, always remember the show is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meals and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Again, sageeatschicago.com. They offer healthy meals fitness mentoring they will hook you up check them out today also tell your friends tell everybody you know about the greatest combat sports and culture show in the entire universe that's the fight podcast man you guys can find us everywhere on all podcasting platforms apple google play spotify soundcloud stitcher man also check out the website thefightpodcast.com and follow your boy the underground king at serge vicente all right let's go ahead and jump on into it on today's menu you know you know what day it is it's the middle of the week we have five rounds of fight news i'm gonna break down all of the news of the week for you guys also we're gonna touch on this past weekend's fights young blockovic yo is this dude the real deal can he actually challenge john jones or is that already set up for somebody else we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the huge boxing fight this weekend. Arguably the biggest heavyweight championship fight of our generation. Tyson Fury. Deontay Wilder. Who's going to win? Is the winner of this matchup the king of boxing? I'll discuss that. We will talk about what is going on with Diego Sanchez. Did he quit? And so much more. So look, man, before I go ahead and get into everything, I hope you guys are doing beautiful. It's an actual sunny day here in Chicago. It's surprising. We're all reeling and smiling and feeling all warm and fuzzy from the... uh, the all-star game this past weekend look i have to tell you guys chicago shy town yo stand up what an amazing job look man standing ovation all around man my city went out there and completely showed out comments intro look i've heard the talks i hear y'all the people from new york and other places talking trash fam common killed it I'm, I, I don't think I've ever been more proud of being Chi-Town, man. Seriously, it was an amazing, amazing, amazing thing. Um, the entire weekend was great. Um, thank you again to everybody at First Take for taking me in and help, helping me, you know, with everything and walking me around. That was amazing. Um, and again, the game itself. Holy shit, man. That was nuts. I have never seen... They look past 25 years of uh, all-star games that has to be the best at best i've ever seen they said the 88 all-star game when mike dropped 40 was nuts i'm gonna be honest with you guys this one to me was incredible it felt like a pickup game they did their due diligence with respecting and honoring kobe and david stern fam mwah. What an amazing job, man. So salute to the NBA. Salute to uh, everybody involved. Um, a lot of good time, man. Also, remember, man, this past weekend, we also had a couple great fights. Ryan Garcia proved that he's the real deal. Kayla Plant continues to prove that he's the only great white hope left in American boxing. And bruh, 
He made Nashville, Tennessee proud, man. What an amazing performance by both of those guys. I go way more into depth in those two fights. Episode 186, where I bring back the guru, Brandon Camille, man. So go ahead and check that out. But let's go ahead and jump on into the fight news of the week. Round number one. Look, man, after the fights this weekend... And I'm going to be honest with you, on paper, this fight night with Jan Blakovic and Corey Anderson was far, far better than that pay-per-view. And, and I'm just going to say this one pay-per-view. It is far better than the last two pay-per-views that we've had. The UFC is not doing their due diligence for us, man. They're giving us these boo-boo cards. But finally, finally, we can sit there and actually be excited about a card. And this card, look, man, it had a little bit of everything. You had veterans with Diego Sanchez. You had sure fire fights with Lano Venata and um, Yancey Medeiros. There was a lot of fun that happened on this card. But you have to start off at the very beginning. And I know I said Diego Sanchez, man, but let's go ahead and start at the very beginning. Corey Anderson versus Jan Blakovic. This did not turn out like I expected. Not at all, man. This is absolutely crazy. Corey Anderson ends up getting knocked out by Jan Blakovic in three minutes and 32 seconds of the very first round. Man, Jan was the underdog. He was a plus 180. So when he went in there, my initial thought, and again, you guys are with me all the time. You guys know I picked Corey. And the reason that I picked Corey is simply because of this. He is the more athletic guy. He has been on a tear. Yes, Jan Blakovic has pretty much beat up a lot of, how do I say, up-and-coming middleweights, right? These are blown-up middleweights. They're not really legitimate 205-pounders. But Corey Anderson, on the other side, is starching fools. It's ridiculous to watch, man. So being able to see what happened, Jan Blakovic does have one thing in particular. A couple things that you took from this. First and foremost... His takedown defense continues to benefit and it continues to grow. And he always has that equalizer, man, that one hit a quitter. And that's exactly what happened in this fight, man. Corey Anderson looked like the better fighter. He was moving well. He had great, pretty much head movement. But when he went in to shoot him for a couple of takedowns, nothing came of it. And then Jan Blakovic went out there and just landed an absolutely beautiful right hand, ended up dropping Corey Anderson, landing one big shot, and the fight was over. Look, after the fight, they went out there, and then he pounded his chest, and he went out there, and he called out John Jones. John was standing in the front row, waving it on like he was in Sparta. Dude was excited. It was an amazing moment. And if we what happened last week with John Jones in the end, uh, Dominic Reyes didn't happen. Absolutely, I believe Jan Blakovic would have received that title shot. But I'm going to be very honest with you guys. I don't see that happening. John, you don't care what he says. John is not going to fight Jan Blakovic. I believe that John Jones will end up, if not fighting Dominic Reyes again, he's probably going to end up moving to, uh, to heavyweight. So we'll see what happens. I'll keep everybody posted, of course, with that one, man. But congratulations to Jan Blakovic. What a huge win. Now, Diego Sanchez ended up getting a win against Michelle Pereira. Now, this fight was a one-sided ass whooping. 
It was one person going out there and completely taking control. First and foremost, how does Piera actually make a buck 70? He is enormous. He's one of those guys that you know has to cut at least 30 pounds to make the weight class. And when I first saw this matchup, I don't know what they're doing. Come on. Diego Sanchez is from Albuquerque. UFC, fam, throw this dude a bone. How is it possible that they gave him a killer like Piera? So rounds one, round two, Diego's getting destroyed. Completely thrown around, slammed. Piera is doing all the break dancing, the back flipping, the elbows. He is doing everything. The only thing that he didn't do well was his walkout. I'm telling you, man, this dude went out there once again and had like a 17-minute walkout, was taking his time, moving back and forth, man. He he doubled down, and I really appreciate that, man. But come the third round, Diego Sanchez, the veteran, is getting dominated once again. He ends up taking a big knee while he was grounded, a uh, little, little break in the action. And everything pretty much comes back. So what ends up happening? Diego Sanchez says he can't continue. He ends up beating Michelle Piera based on disqualification. So I'm hearing more and more people are yelling back and forth and they're saying, yo, Serge, he, he quit. Oh, my God. How is it possible? Diego Sanchez is supposed to be the war. He quit. What's my answer to that? I'm going to be very honest with you. He kind of did. It seemed like he was a savvy veteran. He pulled a savvy vet move. He said, look, man, I'm getting dominated. And at the end of the day, I was down. I took a big knee. I got cut. It's within the rules. I'm going to extend my career. Smart move on my behalf. That's the way he took it. As a diehard fan, as somebody who really cares about the sport, and again, we are, a lot of us want to see carnage and we want to see all this and that, but let's just keep it true. If you were in that position, we'd love to see our athletes go out there, for instance, a la Anthony Smith, when John Jones caught him when he, with a low strike. We would love to see people say, no, I'm going to continue, it's all good. But we cannot sit there and call or say anything negative about Diego Sanchez. Diego Sanchez is a vet in the game. He's OG, OG. Think about this. He won the Ultimate Fighter season one. Season one. Think about that. He has been in the game that long that he won the Ultimate Season Fighter one at a buck 85. And we all know he is best at 155. He's fought at 85. 70, 55, and 45. He's fought the best of the best his entire career. So if we're going to give anybody a mulligan for this one, we have to give Diego Sanchez one. So look, he moves on. Piera looks great. At the end of the day, nothing's going to happen. He'll be back. Um, and all in all, man, look, this card wasn't bad. The Lando Venata yancey Medeiros fight wasn't as excited as I would have wanted it to. But at the end of the day, yo, who cares? It was a good match. It was a good matchup. And I love what I'm seeing uh, from everybody. Look, at the end of the day, what's next for Diego Piera? I don't know. We have to give him, I believe, somebody in the top 15 in the in the uh, welterweight division. Is it going to be? Now, we have to also remember top 15. That's one of the shark tanks um, in terms of the UFC. How good is he really? I have no idea. But at the end of the day, we will see. 
All right, round number four. Israel, the last style bender out of Sanya, as we know, that's 2019 Spider of the Year. His coach wants not John Jones in 2021. He actually wants Stipe Miocic, the heavyweight champion. He goes on to say, come 2021, Israel has convinced me that we should fight John Jones. And if I don't feel like we have to, then it's not going to happen. Which I understand. His coach is one of the best coaches in the world. They have two champions there. And again, they have a guy who's vying for a title coming up soon. He also ended up saying, Israel stated, and I think is a very good plan. He's going to do his thing in middleweight division. Um, there's some tough challenges. He should clear those out. There's at least three or four more good challenges, but three or more fights for Israel is like maybe within this year. So after that, what's the next challenge for him? We've done it in all the sports that we've participated in It's to move up and wait. And trust me, if he has three or four more middleweight fights this year, we will fight him to fight Stipe Miocic 100%. Yo, fam, mind blown. This dude has giant cojones if he wants to go out here and actually compete against the heavyweight champion of the world. Now, if we're talking strictly in terms of striking, I'm talking about standing up and throwing fisticuffs. I'm going to be very honest with you. He can absolutely win that fight. Now, how would the size take place? We don't know. We generally do not know. But one thing we do know is this. If we're looking at this fight, if we're talking about levels to the game, and we're talking about levels to the game in terms of striking, we have to agree and admit that Israel, the last Islander Adesanya, is the best striker that we have seen in MMA. He has a 76-3 record in kickboxing against the best in the world. Don't forget, five years ago, he competed against Jason Wilness at Glory. Glory is the top kickboxing organization in the world. They gave it to Jason, but I'm going to be very honest with you. He was dominating that fight. So if we're just talking the X's and O's, and as we saw, the question is going to be, one, about his grappling, and two, how is his takedown defense going to be? That is my only question. Now, Israel Adesanya has evolved and grown faster than any fighter that I have ever seen. If he continues at this trajectory, 1,000%, I think he will definitely win and compete and win at 205 Heavyweight might be a far stretch, but I'm not going to be the guy that ends up uh, doubting Israel, the last style bender Adesanya. Um, all right, round number five, Floyd Mayweather Jr. Floyd is back in the news, and he's been talking real spicy recently. And it's not just about fighting the lights of a Conor McGregor or Khabib Nurmagomedov. He had an amazing interview on the Drink Champs um, hosted by Nori. Um, and if you don't have an, if you hadn't had an opportunity to check it out, you need to. What an incredible interview. You rarely have an opportunity to see him as candid as we've seen him. And you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. Floyd dropped a number of gems. He told us a, a, a couple of things that we didn't know, um, talking about how his hands pretty much were broke up. 
why he fights the way that he fights, along with a couple other things. Now, granted, yes, he tells us all the Floyd Mayweather things that we don't want to hear. He talks about, obviously, he's, he, he doesn't give us the blueprint. He gives us the green print. He talks about girl collection and how much money he has. That comes with the package. But in terms of the way that he's mentored different fighters, the level of opposition that he has had consistently throughout his career, if you go down the list and you see the names that he has beaten, you cannot say that Floyd Mayweather Jr. is not one of the greatest of all time. What an amazing interview. Um, If you guys have an opportunity, make sure you check out episode 186 of the Fight Podcast. I would dive a little bit deeper into that conversation with the guru, Brandon Camille. All right. Let's go ahead and jump on into this weekend's fight card. Um, Look, man, this weekend's fight card is in Auckland, New Zealand. I am really looking forward to it, especially this main event. The main event of the night is going to be Dan the Hangman Hooker against the Irish Dragon, Paul Felder. Um, Two lightweights that are on absolute tears. Two strikers. Now, granted, you have one from here. He trains with Donald Cerrone. And uh, actually, as of this moment in time, he is up in Milwaukee training with the guys at Roof Sport. Dan Hooker is with Neil Brendan and those boys at City Kickboxing in New Zealand. This is a a fight against two extremely high-level kickboxers. The number seven-ranked guy in Dan Hooker against the number six-ranked guy in Paul Felder. I will tell you this right now. Whomever wins this fight, there are no more soft touches. The winner of this fight will end up being in fighting and consistently fighting for the championship. One goes up, one goes down. This should be an amazing fight. Um, my heart tells me Dan Hooker, uh, but my or should I say my heart tells me Paul Felder, my head tells me Dan Hooker. Paul Felder is one of the toughest guys we have ever seen compete in the octagon. He's going to go out there. He's going to throw bombs. He's going he's, he's gonna to be extremely technical in the way that he does things. But one thing that Dan Hooker and the boys at City Kickboxing do, they faint better than anybody I know. And as we've talked about in the past, the people who faint the best and faint the most tend to win. They tend to keep their opponents a little bit off balance. Now, can Duke Rufus at Roof Sport come up with a game plan that really maximizes his potential and works? Yes, but we have to remember this fight is happening in New Zealand. It is literally happening in Dan Hooker's hometown. Will that come to Will that mess with him in any way, shape, or form? We'll see. So I'm gonna be honest with you guys. Like I said, I'm gonna go with Dan Hooker this one. I'm going with a um, five round decision. Great fight though. All right. Um, also on this card, um, a couple people that stand out. Jimmy Crutes on this card. Uh, ben Sassoli, um, the other uh, uh, guy from New Zealand. Amazing fighters, man. This is going to be a fun fight. Brad Riddle. Brad Riddle versus Magoved Musefev is going to be complete fire. I'm rocking with Brad Riddle on that one with a third round KO. Um, all in all, man, look, it's going to be a fun weekend of fights. Not only do we have the UFC this weekend, but we have to talk about the heavyweight championship fight of the world. Deontay Wilder versus, um, versus Tyson Fury. I go in depth on this um, on episode 186 with um with the guru Brandon Camille but I will tell you this I am picking Deontay Wilder 
I think since their last fight, he has by far looked the best. Since his last fight, he has grown. He has been, he's fought the higher level of competition and he has actually looked the best. A lot of us don't know that he came into his last fight with Tyson Fury fresh off of a broken right arm. Yo, his right arm, that is his biggest power shot. So if he was overshooting and doing things, he might not have been comfortable. I'll be very honest with you. I think, not only do I think, I know the proof is in the pudding. Deontay Wilder does far better in, um, in rematches. Look what he did when he fought against Bermaine Severn. Look what he did when he fought against Luis Ortiz. He is an absolute monster. Nobody in the history of the heavyweight division has ever competed with such concussive power. I have to go with the American from Alabama, the WBC champion for his 11th title defense, Deontay, the bronze bomber Wilder. But like I said, make sure you guys check out one, uh, episode 186. That episode, I break that fight down far more. And I'm going to be honest with you. I give Tyson Fury a lot of props. I think he is the most technical heavyweight that we've seen. He is the closest thing to someone like a Muhammad Ali in terms of skill set. He's 6'9", he's 275 pounds, and he is light on his feet. He fights like a lightweight. Great combinations, um, extremely skilled and well-schooled. He's still going to get knocked the fuck out. It is what it is. That's how I see the fight going, and I see it happening uh, probably around the eighth round. We'll see what ends up happening, man. But all in all, yo, I know this is a quick one today. Um, we have a lot going on for you guys. So I wanted to make sure I still gave you some of this fire content, yo. So um, remember, each and every week we're brought to you guys by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meals and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatchicago.com. If you are not in Chicago, yo, it's fine. Sage Eats got you. They also offer fitness mentoring and nutrition consultation. With nutrition consultation, what they do is they have one of their mentors and coaches talk to you get everything that you love, and then they start sending workouts and plans and everything for you. They take care of you. It is a one-stop shop. Also, do not forget to go ahead and check out the Fight Podcast on all podcasting platforms, Apple, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and even check us out at the website, thefightpodcast.com. Um, check us out on all social media platforms as well, at the Fight Podcast, and make sure you follow your boy, the Underground King, at Serge Vicente. All right, man. Look, great fight weekends, man, and make sure you guys enjoy the fights. I love you. I'll see you guys next time right here on the Fight Podcast. Deuces! Deuces!